Good morning, family. It's Miss Wanda. The events of Sunday, January 26th, have left an indelible mark on my spirit, and I am still shaken. While, yes, one of my favorite athletes was killed, but as a human, I can't stop thinking about the families whose lives have changed forever that fateful day. Christina Mauser was a wife and a mother. She was an assistant basketball coach who leaves behind a husband, a nine-year-old son, an 11-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old daughter who had a birthday just days after her mother's death. Eighth grader Peyton Chester and her mother, Sarah Chester, who leaves behind a husband and two sons. Era Zabayan, the pilot. I don't have much information about him. And my heart breaks for JJ and Alexis Altabelli, who lost their parents, John and Carrie Altabelli, and their daughter, Alyssa. And of course, my heart goes out to the Bryant family on the loss of Gianna, Gigi, and Kobe. Family, I hope this is a reminder that we are not entitled to one single day, hour, or moment to cherish the time that you have because you never know what happens next. At the end of the show, I always ask you to show love to everyone you meet. It's not just a slogan. It's about being kind in an unkind world. It's about building connection in a society that has become more disconnected by the day. And it's about embracing your family and friends and others with kindness and compassion. So while Kobe was a lot of things, the lessons I've learned most about his life is that you can demonstrate excellence. You can be at the top of your game or your craft. You can even make mistakes and bad decisions, but it's how you recover. It's how you take responsibility in continuing pursuing excellence. It certainly makes me think about how I'll show up in the world and the legacy I'm leaving behind. So let's continue to keep the families in prayer. And I just want to say, Kobe, I will never forget you. Let's get on with the show. Full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's the show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Hey, family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. Thank you for letting me take a moment just to pay tribute to somebody that I really, truly admire and the people that were lost on that fateful day uh, last Sunday. Man, I'm telling you, I am still like reeling from the whole thing. And so it's taken me a minute, but you know what? We've got to move on with the show because today is February 1st. And that is a significant day because we kick off Heart Month. And did you know that women are affected by heart disease so in such incredible amounts that we want to talk about and give you the education that you need to have in order to make sure that you are healthy and staying with us. We need you around. Your family needs you around. Your friends, your community needs you around. So we are having a conversation today with my guest, Liam Connolly. He is the communications and marketing director for the American Heart Association in Sacramento. Also joining the conversation right now is Crystal and Nicole Broadnax. Yes, that's I said correct. it right. All right. <laughs> Uh, Crystal was born with a congenital heart defect and had her first open heart surgery when she was just three months old. And we also have a uh, heart. How, how do we describe you, Miss Patricia? 
Heart disease survivor? Surviving. Surviving. Surviving heart disease. We've got Miss Patricia Washington Gordon, who is going to share her phenomenal story with us. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. I really am happy to have you here this morning. Thank Thank you so much for having us. So excited to be here and just to be a a fan of the show and to actually be here physically sitting here across from you, Miss Wanda. It's awesome. I love to (laughs) see people (laughs) fangirling it out on my behalf. (laughs) Yes. So... So we're going to jump right over into, first of all, let's just lay some groundwork on what is the mission of the American Heart Association. And I, I was sharing with Liam earlier that I have had a connection with the with the association. They used to have a start training program yeah. uh, back in the day. And we uh, it was to get people out healthy, exercising and raising funds for the American Heart Association. And they trained us for a half marathon, mm-hmm. did the American River Parkway half. That was my very first half marathon. And I was share with you later why I ended up going with the program in just a moment. But can we just tell people what the American Heart Association, uh, what the mission is and, and what, what what you guys are doing over there? Absolutely. Um, you know, our mission is to be a, rel- a relentless force for a world of longer, healthier lives. You know, and ultimately, our goal is to create a culture of health here in Sacramento. Um, in the past, we really spoke often about um you know, reducing um, the effects of heart disease and stroke. But we've really now moved toward a focus of health as a whole. Um, And really, we're trying to prevent people from having heart disease and stroke. Um, A lot of people don't realize, you know, by living a healthier lifestyle, 80% of heart disease is preventable. Yeah. Um, So really making sure you're getting exercise, eating well, and just also taking care of yourself mentally and physically, mm-hmm. um, those are all key things to your overall health. Yeah, that, so the info session I went to, and I did this back in 2010, when I went to the info session, they had us do this exercise and they said, write your name, you know, the way you normally write it, then take your non-dominant hand and write your name. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens, or that's what you would be, that's how you'd be writing, something like that, if you were to have a stroke, basically, is what the message was. And for some reason, that really impacted me. Like, wow, you know, like, if you don't take care of yourself, and there are a ton of factors that can cause a stroke, but basically, if you have to go through this, how much your life will really change. And I don't think a lot of times we we think about that in just overall health. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to just do whatever and, you know, be okay but when you have that significant event you don't realize how not only you but the people around you are impacted and for some reason that conversation really stuck with me and I signed up and did a half marathon so there you go (laughs) so Liam what is heart month and we know that today kicks off heart month Mm -hmm. but what exactly do you aim to do for heart month well you know, really, it's time that we dedicate towards raising awareness of heart disease. Um, it is the number one killer of men and women in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one stat that people throw out that always shocks me is heart disease kills more people each year than all forms of cancer. That's crazy. So it, it really is something that um, we all need to be aware of mm-hmm. um, and really try to focus on taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, and education's the first step to it. Yeah. It, when it comes to education, uh, we try to get the word out as much as possible. And we try to get people to support because you do research. Mm-hmm. But there is a disparity in research when it comes to heart disease itself, right? Absolutely. And it's it's frustrating. Um, 
you know, women aren't adequately enrolled in research. Um, I think it's only 43% of uh, clinical trials have women Mm -hmm. um, compared to men. And unfortunately, there's a stigma in our country where people think of heart disease, they think of men. They don't think of women. Right, right, that's true. And that's why the American Heart Association has a Go Red for Women movement, because we really want people to be aware of this. Um, and realize this is a huge issue. Yeah, it's crazy how the people that are most impacted are the least researched so that we can kind of help find ways to exactly. mitigate yes. the problem, right? Yes. Yeah. And, we yeah. need, and we need to change that as a yeah. society. Yeah, and you know what? And now there are a low number of women um, that participate in clinical trials and, and research and things like that. But there are just women overall, but even lower number of African-American women mm-hmm. that are participating. Um, 3.2% uh, repre- of female uh, the CVD clinical trial participants are African-American women. Mm-hmm. That's just unacceptable. But part of that, too, is probably not getting the word to the people that need to know about it. Mm-hmm. Would you say I that mean, that yeah. was correct? Yes, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. And it's just our innate being a, a, a woman of color, um, particularly African-American. It's like we we are the strong ones. We take that on our back. So we're the ones that's like, oh, OK, if I have a headache. That's okay. Just take something. Keep it moving. Just Drink some water. Keep it moving. Yes. Keep it moving yeah. because I have to support my family. I have to be there for work. I have to get this, that, that done, this done. Mm-hmm. I'll, we always take the backseat mm-hmm. because of the fact historically we've always been that person to carry it all on our back and just keep it moving. So a lot of times, yes, it is awareness, but it's also too a lot. There is a part or a nice section of us that do know but it's just the fact of okay i'll get to it when i get to it mm-hmm. or yeah. you know that, there's other things i need to take care of yes. let me take care of that first right. okay. let me take care of them yeah. first yeah. and then then it'll be me yeah. patricia and i were just talking about that earlier yeah. about how she was sharing her story with me and i'm now she's already done right she's yeah. had her incident where she's telling me about past events but I can feel myself going, Patricia, like shaking her because it happens all the time when she was feeling ill. And I'll let her share her story. But the thought of I got to do this or I got to take care of this or I I can't, you know, go to the hospital now because I have this on my plate or whatever. And we do that as women. As women. Yes. Yes. We're mommies. We're wives. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it, it just, it, you know, I'll let her share a story. <laughs> yeah. but, but thinking of that, and it just brought it all the way back to, you know, we're the caretaker and caregiver. Mm-hmm. And so we use, that usually means that we put ourselves on the back burner. And we got to change that, ladies. Yeah. We have to change that and put ourselves first. Because if we're not here and healthy and in good shape mm-hmm. and condition, mm-hmm. we can't we take can. care of anyone else. And it's okay to put us first. It's yeah. okay to put yourself first because of the fact it, it, you can do it at the same time. Yeah. Because you can't take care of your families if you're not taking care of yourself. It has to be self first. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it's just that mindset, changing that mindset and acknowledging that it's a circle. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a circle that is a continuous circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now heart disease, uh, like Liam said, is preventable. But in some instances, it's not. It, there's a lot of hereditary yes. factors yeah. that come into play. So, um, Ms. Patricia, can you share your story about you, you? heart disease runs in your family. Yes. So can you tell everybody about your your experience? So for me, um, my actually my heart issues began way back, way back in my 20s. Um, I was diagnosed as officially hypertensive at the age of 26. 
Um, but I'm going to fast forward to 2017 as we were just talking about how life just kind of takes over and you put yourself on the back burner and you take care of mom, sister, father, brother, everybody. So in 2017, um, I was in a position, I, I stepped away from leadership for a little bit and decided to just be a what they call a worker bee. I said, I want to go to work, do my eight, get out the gate, not be responsible for anybody. I didn't want to be bothered. Leave me alone. So I'm at work and just doing my thing. And as I shared with Ms. Wanda earlier today, um, I was going to one doctor in Fair Oaks. And I drove, left Fair Oaks, drove to Rancho Cordova across five lanes of traffic, just going along about my business, but ignoring what was going on with me. I felt my heart palpitating a little bit, but I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I had too much coffee this morning. Traffic. And, you know, traffic getting on my nerves and, mm-hmm. and, you know, stop and go, stop and go. <laughs> I got to work, clocked in, and I clocked out. I passed out at work. Um, and I tried to make a little joke of it. Um, I was telling Miss Wanda how, you know, I had on a skirt. I said, oh, my God, I'm passing out. And I managed to get myself back to my cubicle, and I fell backward. Mm. And my coworkers um, heard all the noise, and um, I was disoriented, didn't know where I was. Um, I stopped them from calling 911. First mistake. You, yeah, hindsight's the best sight. I should have had the ambulance come and get me, but instead I called my husband instead, and he took me to Mercy General. They took me right away, and because I was still a little disoriented, um, and of course the doctor's looking at me, you're a registered nurse. What is the matter with you? You you what? And I mean, they're shaking their fingers at me, and I'm just looking at him like, shut up. But you know, what's wrong with me? You know, now <laughs> yeah. I'm coming too, and so I'm kind of having an attitude like, why are you mad at me? I'm okay. Right. No, I wasn't okay. Mm. I was not okay. Um, they sent me to cardiology and um, put me on a heart monitor. That was on a Friday. Um, I was still feeling really bad, just feeling bad. Um, I left work on a Friday. I was still on my heart monitor, and I went home. That was mistake number two for me um, because what I was feeling was it wasn't a good thing. Um, and I waited all weekend. I went to my cardiologist that Monday and was just feeling really bad, crying, going, oh, I don't need to be at work. I, I really need to take off. Um, and while I'm talking, he's printing my strip out from my monitor, and he turned it around to me. And I looked at it and went, wait a minute, that's VTAC. I didn't think it was me. I was in VTAC all weekend. What's VTAC? V- ventricular tachycardia. That's a lethal rhythm. Mm. Um mm. I'm a former cardiac nurse, and I have seen um, many patients that went into uh, VTAC. And, you know, you see the medical shows, you know, VTAC, VFib, and it's flatline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually the progression. Um, all I can say is that the hand of God was on me. Mm-hmm. Um, to be in VTAC like that all weekend, all weekend. feeling bad. And, I mean, closing my eyes and going to sleep and mm. still waking up the next morning. Mm. I cannot contribute anything other than that was just a miracle, and it just was not my time. Yeah. Um, so at that point, everything went kind of fast for me. Um, I had an emergency cardiac cath the following day, and then by the end of the week, I had a, a implantable cardio defibrillator placed, which is an ICD. Um, place because I'm at risk for sudden cardiac death. 
So you're, you said your father passed away at 45 of yes. heart disease. Yes. Um, growing up or, you know, during that time of your youth or whatever before this incident happened, did you ever think or take any, like, precautions? Like, I know I, I have a friend that her father was um, died of heart disease and she got her heart checked regularly. Like, was that things that were talked about in your family? Were you... Not at all. Uh Um, When you look back on your youth, um, all of the things that the doctors and and, and your nutritionists are saying is really bad for you, you know, fried foods, um, um, organ meats, Uh and things like that. These are the things I was brought up on. Uh But the huge difference from back then and now is how active my mother had me. Uh I ran track. I played ball. I swam. I did all of these things. I was never really... I was a healthy kid. Uh Um, Never big, Mm -hmm. just healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but I was very, very active. So I wasn't, it wasn't a conversation. It wasn't a conversation for us to have. And when we started having that conversation is when my father, uh, went on this diet called the Mr. Fit diet, Mm -hmm. uh, back in 1970. Now I'm telling my age. Um, so my dad was placed on his diet. My dad, well, he was a big guy. He was six, three, um, 260 pounds or whatever but you know he was a he, he was a go-getter mm-hmm. um worked three jobs and um you know trying to raise his family yeah. and um he started having symptoms blood pressure was high he was a smoker he liked mm-hmm. to indulge in um alcoholic beverages every mm-hmm. now and again mm-hmm. and um we changed the diet so it was no more fried chicken and potato salad and things <laughs> right, like that. Right. We went from fried chicken to baked chicken and baked potato and broccoli. Yeah. You know, I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, but after a while, you know, your palate changes and yes. you get used yeah, to it. Yeah. And That's so my mom changed the cooking and the way we ate. Um, and it helped. My dad did lose a little bit of weight. But unfortunately, um, he still wound up having a stroke. Um, and it was a very bad stroke. Um, and as I got older and I got into nursing and everything, and, and I noticed that the younger you are, the harder that heart attack and stroke. Um, for some reason, our cardiovascular system is not mature yeah. like that mm. of a 79, 80-year-old because they have like a backup, what they call a collateral uh-huh. uh, system. And my mother had a stroke when she was in her early 60s, but she's a survivor. She survived it. My dad, on the other hand, did not. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. too, if when your father had his incident, and I can see this happening, the 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 conversation of hereditary heart disease probably still doesn't come up. It's just like, oh well, he smoked, he drank, he did he did these things, and it was detrimental mm-hmm. to his health. But no one ever. I did. Do you did you think about the fact that it what it could be something that's hereditary? I think that would. The doctor did bring up that this is this is probably a hereditary okay. thing, and and um, my mom should have gotten all of us examined and checked. But unfortunately, you know, in some African-American homes that, you know, it's, it's that stigma, you know, well, yeah. they don't need to know my business. And yeah. We're not going to talk about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I got older and I got into health care. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother says, now, you talk too much. I said, well, mom, they can't help you. Like when she but had her stroke, yeah. she did not want to tell them her background. And I'm like, uh, yeah. hold on, let me tell you. She's this, 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 this. And she's giving me the evil eye. But I'm like, whatever, lady. You have to. I'm looking at you and you're losing your 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 uh, fine motor skills. And yes. you're telling me, shut up don't talk right they have to right. be able to treat you properly 
you know, if you don't tell, you won't get the right medication mm -hmm. to so combat true. what's going on with you. That's so but, true. Yeah. Man, that's so true. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and you ain't going to where you're staying here, but I just want to thank you for sharing um, <laughs> with the program. And, and you make so many good points that, you know, we a lot of times when we go to the doctor, we don't. We're not truthful because we are ashamed or embarrassed or whatever it is about our past, you know, health wise and things like that. Or we don't admit, oh, you know, I do like to eat that, but I'm not going to tell the doctor, you know, that kind of thing. Child, and you know what? Be. The funny thing about it is that um, the friend doctor friends that I have and friends that I know that are like in the health space and stuff, they're like, we can tell. You don't have to tell us anything. We can look <laughs> right. at your body and tell you right. what's going on. Oh, I don't eat that. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Well, no, that's not what that belly says, says right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We okay. are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to hear Crystal's amazing story. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We'll be right back after this. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. She's empowering women through conversation. She's Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Liam Connolly from the American Heart Association, Patricia Washington Gordon. Patricia actually was a cardiac nurse, and she is a heart survivor, heart disease survivor. And we're going to talk more about her story and get some of her professional opinion and tips as well. But I want to talk now to my guests, Nicole and Crystal Broadnax. Um, again, remember I mentioned before the break how, um, you know, sometimes heart disease is because of the way we eat, our lifestyle, things like that. We're sedentary type of folks, whatever. But also sometimes we can have issues because of uh, hereditary. And, and, and actually, Patricia mentioned that as well. So I want to bring into the conversation Nicole and Crystal Broadnax to share Crystal's story. So, Crystal, can you tell us a little bit about your story and, um, you know, what's what happened? What's going on? So mine is called congenital, which means existing at birth. So mine was basically often used to mean the same thing as like a defect but the defect is more accurate and so this is when the blood vessels near the heart they don't develop normally at birth okay so when you were born your heart vessels weren't developed and therefore you had to have surgery at just uh, what a few months old yes what kind of surgery was that and and, and like what were they trying to correct? Yeah, so basically, Crystal was born with um, heart holes. So like she was just stating, a congenital heart defect. Her heart defect, um, basically heart holes, to put it simply. So at three months old, she had her first open heart surgery. So we had to Ugh. travel. I know, like even now, like I'm having goosebumps and she's 13 now. Right. So, but, so to still get that, it's so at three months old, she had her first open heart surgery. We had to travel to... Um, University of San Francisco Children's Hospital. Yeah, we were there. My parents were there. It was basically, you know, how we say it takes a village, the whole village. Yeah, right. <laughs> was in yeah San Francisco, right. and Crystal is our firstborn. So we went from this elation of firstborn, first yeah. grandchild, yeah. yay, to wait, what? Right. So yeah, so basically. 
that first surgery was to go in and to repair the heart holes, to pat- patch them. So how many holes did she, and you can move that mic closer oh, to sorry, you, so sorry. you don't have to lean all over. It's okay, it's okay. Um, so how <laughs> many, she had several holes in her yes, heart? Yes, so oh, she wow. had, so in the thing with heart holes, they, as you grow, they don't get bigger. They get smaller okay. with hers because they usually heal on their own because it goes back to the heart as a whole is just a complex muscle. Yeah. So there's a lot of development involved. Um, so with her, she had two very pronounced one, large ones. So they knew that they were going to have they weren't going to close off on their own. So they went in for lack of a better term, put a patch over the hole. And um, we knew then um, that we were going to have to come back mm-hmm. to patch some other holes that were kind of like in a in a complex, in a weird, for lack of a better term, area uh-huh. of her heart. And once again, you know, a three-month-old baby, they weren't going to be able to get to it. So we knew it was just a matter of monitoring, watching. Um, and then from there, at five years old, that's when she had her second and third um, oh. heart surgeries. Oh, my goodness. I'm yes. just like, I can't even imagine the what you as a mom were going through oh my goodness that's all i could say is omg so the first surgery she was a couple of months old yes right um repairing the 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 holes yes but that surgery wasn't that wasn't going to be enough right wasn't a permanent fix so that we knew that they were going to have to go back in to one repair the second hole that was there um because it was large but it was enough to where, you know what, it's going to cause more damage if we try to go in and patch it at three months old. Let's just, we're going to monitor. Um, at this point, she was on three different medications to basically, because those holes are now flowing blood right. to areas that they're not yep. supposed to be in. Okay. Mm-hmm. She okay. was on um, warfarin. Um, we had a diuretic that she was on. So it was a lot of medications that, you know, new mommy trying to learn that balance and now trying to understand medications and these little syringes and how to do that. So, mm. yes, so, it was. So, Crystal, I'm going to take you back. You have this baby, this beautiful baby girl. How did you even receive the news that something was going on with her heart? So with Crystal, when we received the news, once again, it was at my five month. Oh, um, yes. So it, you in utero. And it was one of those things where, once again, firstborn, first pregnancy, just elated. And Uh we're sitting there and the technician is, you know, going over everything Uh and, you know, oh, look at this, look at this, snapping pictures, sending it to my mom. Like, this is awesome. And then when it transitions, when she's going down to um, looking at Crystal's heart, it's like, you know, when you just, I mean, this was my firstborn, but that that instinct, something, that little ting. Yeah. Something wasn't right. Why are you staying around there mm-hmm. so much? And now you're stepping away where we were having dialogue. It's like, oh, you what's the name going to be? Quiet and stuff awkward like that. Awkward silence. Like, yeah. awkward. So, yeah, so it was an awkward silence. And then, um, but once again, you could, she could feel my vibe. She's like, oh, no, we're, I'm just taking some extra pictures. Uh-huh. Um, I'll send the information over and, you know, your doctor's office will contact you. So... The contact led to, okay, we need you to come in. Um, and yeah, my husband and I, Corey, we, we sat down. They basically laid it out what, you know, what we were looking at. And um, 
the road ahead and so this time you're still expecting still expecting i'm still pregnant oh my gosh so the strain that i'm sure it put on the rest of your pregnancy was just worry and and there was nothing that they could do not in utero no utero no because i've seen some surgeries in utero but that wasn't one of them that wasn't one of them oh my goodness and once again you know when we're talking about like medical research and things of that nature like crystal's 13 and definitely it evolves Mm -hmm. but back then there 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 are some stories but it's more when you look at it from a standpoint of you know what at that time they thought let's just wait Mm -hmm. and and see okay and hopefully it'll you know be okay so so what advice would you give for parents going through this with young children or with their children like what can you say to them to give them hope or you know what can you say to them it's first i would say you know take a deep breath step back acknowledge it Mm -hmm. It, it's gonna be okay and don't feel like you have to take that in Mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to just you have to take that in and think that you have to be the person to, you have to be able to get that out. You have to be able to reach out to my dad always says it takes a village, reach out to your village, be okay to talk about that. You are going to be able to reach out and find other people that have dealt with this scenario. This is why we are so passionate about the American heart association because of the fact when I reached out, Mm -hmm. my mother reached out. That's where our connection, that's where it came in because from American Heart Association, there was a coworker of mine who her daughter had open heart surgery at university um, at the Children's Hospital as well. Mm -hmm. So that's where our connection came was through the Heart Association. Like, look, we have this family that was going through the same thing. Maybe you guys can talk. And it was more than talk. Mm -hmm. It was tears. It was Okay, you need to have this blanket, call this restaurant because they give you discounts. Oh, wow. It was it was a conversation. It was a friendship. And now that has turned into a connection, which is why this which is why Crystal and I do this. this. This is why we have these conversations, because one, we want to let people know that you're not alone. It's OK. And that's the advice that I want to be able to spread as a parent, as a mother. It, it's it's daunting, but it's OK to acknowledge it and talk about it and move forward. Yeah. And you know, too, I wanted to make sure to ask you this to know that it's not your fault. Cause I would imagine that I would put so, blame on myself for Miss Wanda. Everything. You have stayed up in the middle of the night, just sitting up. What did we do wrong? What did I, what did I eat? Right. What, what, what happened? Just, just, you know how they say the internet is your friend, can be your friend. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where it was, yes, it, it, that, that in itself. And I heard that once, you know, once again, reaching out to friends and family. Cause you know, once again, we talk about this, like congenital heart defects, there's 40, 40,000 infants that are affected by congenital heart defects Mm -hmm. each year Mm -hmm. so with that that's a community in itself and it's a community that we don't realize that Mm -hmm. we don't so we kind of if we embrace that and try to build that connection Uh and when you do talk to your friends or when you talk to that community you have that realization and the light bulb goes off it really isn't my fault. Right, right, right. It's, it's, yeah. Now, Crystal, I want to hear from you. You're sitting over there all quiet and everything. <laughs> she's awake. She's, she's how up. do you feel? Like, how do you feel every day? I, 
honestly, I just take it one step at a time, and I'm always positive and try to stay in that positive mindset. Uh-huh. And that kind of goes with like what I would tell other people is to just stay positive and use it as an advantage because you don't want to stay and you know say oh I have this problem I can't do this I have this problem I can't do that you know use it to your advantage go into groups where you can tell people you know this is what is going on you know I can feel you I I know what you're going through and Mm -hmm. just spread it to everybody so that everyone can have a realization of what you're going through and see if you can connect and you know talk about it is there support for for kids do you have a support group or friends or you just tell the friends that you do have almost definitely all my friends know like what's going on and Uh stuff like that and they just you know we just it's like i'm just a regular person because i am it's just something that happened in my life yeah and you know you you look at it you realize it and then you know, you just keep going with the, with your life, honestly. So is there any follow-up treatment that you have to have now or anything like that? So you're you're okay now? Yeah, yes. she's good. Now we go, um, she will see her pediatric cardiologist once a year. Okay. You know, and that's um, trending. Like before it was, you know, every three months. Yeah. And now she gets older, it was like half a year. Now we're, we're at every year. But other than that, yeah, she's all cleared. Basically, she can do whatever she wants. Okay. And- Good. No restrictions. No restrictions. Wow. That's a so blessing. So your other children, when you, you yes. have other children. Yes, Morgan. When you were expecting Morgan, oh. did you have the same worry? Same. same worry. Same exact worry from the standpoint of I remember once again going through the um, ultrasound mm-hmm. and calling back. And are you sure? Yeah. So I kind of... Are you sure? Right. As a matter of fact, you know that um, specialist that did the ultrasound for Crystal, does she still work here? Uh, you wanted to even Can have the same yeah. technician because <laughs> exactly. you wanted to be positive. Exactly, positive. But then once again, it's stepping back and realizing that, you know, it's congenital heart defect. Yeah. It's one of those things where there is the, the aspect of it's, you know, um, could be... Um, it could be run, it could run within the family mm-hmm. or it just could be once again the heart being a complex muscle yeah. now granted back with crystal we did do genetic testing and uh, things of that nature just uh, to make sure that you know it wasn't genetic and and it wasn't but still you still want to make sure it's like you you know you want to be able as a mommy to check that box uh-huh, right yeah, yeah. you just want to make sure that and and do they know what caused crystal's defect they don't. They really think it's just one of those things just, just where something that happened. Just what I don't want to say just, flukes of nature, well, but it's just just the way her body, just the way her, her body de- yes, developed, developed because wow. it's a complex muscle in itself. That's one thing that we forget. If you think about it, your heart is a little bit larger than the size of your fist. Yeah. Think about that. So as far as like and within that, it does so much for the entire body. That little yeah. muscle. Yeah. That's very complex. So for that to like develop and in that. I don't want to say short amount of time, but in that short amount of time, yeah, it's that's a lot going on for one little thing. So, Crystal, I'm going to ask you, why is the Go Red so important to you? It's important to me because I have that feeling that I can educate other people. Mm-hmm. And this also goes with using it to your advantage. I'm not just sitting at home, you know, wondering what I could do. I'm getting I'm going out into the community. I'm serving my community and it also goes to with my middle school and they're always about you know community service you know do what you can be your best 
And that's what I tried to do with the Go Red for Women and American Heart Association as a whole. I love it. it, it I love the baby. Awesome. Crystal is amazing. <laughs> I love it. She's just, she knows. You know, she is such a great spokesperson, right? Isn't she? You know, to re- to be able to <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh, mommy's biased over there. Pipe down, mommy. No. I know. <laughs> but you know, I mean, she's very. You know, she knows about this stuff, and she's passionate, and she's lived through this. And there's, I mean, there's people like me that I can say, you know, I've, you know been touched by heart disease by friends or family or whatever but to have someone that's here that has gone through it and that can speak about it and she's a youngster she's got the rest of her life to be able to share the story of this is what happened to me it's not the end of the world I'm going on with my life and I'm doing some amazing things Mm -hmm. you are such a beautiful and wonderful young lady I'm just so happy that you're here thank you thank you so much now there's an event I wanted to talk about the event a little bit later but I'm not sure how long you're sticking around the go Red um, uh, event at Macy's or at Arden Fair happening. Let me get it up here because Crystal, you're going to be in the fashion show, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so I got to tell the family, the Full Circle family. Yes, please go out and support the entire event. But Matt, you can watch Crystal walk the runway because yes. if she's anything like she is right now, she is going to work the runway like <laughs> she was in Fashion Week in New York. It's National Wear Red Day. It's happening Friday, February seventh at Arden Fair Mall, eleven thirty to one thirty. It's going to be a fashion show featuring local survivors, health screening. Screenings, cooking demo, hands on only C- hands only CPR training, yoga demo, and so much more. That is brought to you by the American Heart Association, CVS Health, and Sutter Health. Um, and so we're we're going to talk more about that because we want Liam to tell us what we can expect when we go out there. But I just wanted to tell you, family, Crystal is going to be in the house. You can come out and meet her. What a wonderful young lady! Just a beautiful smile, beautiful personality, and I'm so happy that you're here. So, Crystal, when you meet other have you met other kids that have been um, that have, were born with congenital birth defects as well? I have. I've met this one girl, and you know we've we don't really know each other that that well. But mm-hmm. you know, ever, ever since we've done you know the heart walks and stuff like that 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 that, that we do in September and stuff uh-huh. like that, we always see each other. We always like talk, and it's just really fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, mom. Any again. Thank you for raising such a beautiful young lady. And I'm sure that the and thank you for being uh, participating with the American Heart Association and coming out and talking to people. Oh, most definitely. About this, your, you know, your experience. We have to. We have to. Just once again, being that being a mommy and being an, a, a woman of color and being an African-American woman, it's important to get that word out. Mm-hmm. That is kind of like our passion one to promote the wear red as it. If we have the opportunity to get the word out as far as like to be able to focus on us and to have the opportunity to say it's okay to focus on us, uh, we'll always be a part, always be a part. We have to get the word. We have to get the word out. It takes a village not to keep on using like the mm-hmm. the hashtags and to keep right. on using the right. cliche, but it takes a village. We We can't do it by ourselves. And it definitely it has to continue with, you know, the sisterhood and that turns into an awareness and just being able to speak about this acknowledge it and Mm -hmm. it's and it's okay it's okay i do want to go back to one thing really quickly how did you know when you uh when this was happening how did you know to reach out to the american heart association so once again back then my mom and i worked at the same state agency oh really so it was one of the yes so my mom there was a prayer group is a prayer group 
And it was literally when she went forward and said, hey, you guys, I need this. Add my daughter to your prayer circle. And then she explained why. It was literally another mommy, that same mommy that I spoke to earlier, Mm -hmm. um, where her daughter had um, open heart surgery as well at San Mm -hmm. Francisco. Mm -hmm. She was in that prayer group. And so she reached out to my mom afterwards and then exchanged phone numbers. And that friendship connection started from there. And then in addition to not only being helpful and offering her tidbits, it was also reach out to the American Heart Association because they will help you as far as if any resources, questions, concerns, and it, just to be able to give back also. So mm-hmm. that, once again, that's that's where it stemmed from, sharing our story, mm-hmm. and that became a support system to me. So that's why I want to be able, we want to be able to do this is to share and to continue that, continue yeah. that. So I, I wanted to bring that back around because I wanted the listeners to know that the American Heart Association is here for you. Can you, Liam, can you swing that mic over your way and tell us about what kind of support that if someone reaches out, I know Crystal has shared her experience, but someone reaches out and says, hey, you know, I've just been diagnosed or whatever the situation, my family member, what type of services do you kind of help the families with? Absolutely. Um, So one of the things I think we do best as an organization is research. Um, I think about 80 to 90% of the funds we raise go to research. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all, it's always evolving. Um, so if people are trying to learn more about what's going on and tips on um, things they can do, whether it be recovery from you know surgery or mm-hmm. a heart attack, um, or even just to learn more about what exactly is going on in their body, it's a great place to go and learn that. Okay. Um, also, we have support groups um, to where people can meet other people going through something similar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also health professionals that work with us that can provide um, insight and you know confirm with those patients, you know, this is what's going on. This your your health provider is taking the proper steps and okay. and helped guide them through that process. So you can give them some reassurance yes. on what's happening cuz you know, especially when you hear that something's going on with your heart, I'm sure that's one of the scariest things, right? Mm-hmm. Because your heart is every that stops it's over, right? It's connected to everything. Right. Yeah. So just knowing that you're there to at least point us in the right direction, give us information and tell us where the resources are. Give us the reassurance that our doctor is doing the correct protocols or there are, you know, there's research on the horizon that may prove X, Y, and Z. That's really helpful. How Mm -hmm. can we contact the American Heart Association? Um, The best way is to go to our website and it's pretty simple and easy, heart.org. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and then if and if you want to get and then if you want to get um, specific contact just for a Sacramento office, uh-huh. you can type in your zip code or your city and it'll take you to our landing page. Okay. All right. heart.org. It's that simple, family. When we come back, we are going to bring in more guests and we're going to continue our conversation. This is Heart Month. If you don't, do they still give away the the we, the red at, dress pins? On our event on Friday, we will have hundreds of red dress pins. <laughs> I'm wearing my red dress pin, family. I hope you get yours too by going to the event on next Friday. Uh, This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda. We'll be right back with more conversation in just a moment. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And she's back, empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle 
with Miss Wanda. Thank you for staying with the program. We are back having a wonderful conversation, an informing and enlightening conversation on heart disease for women. Today is February 1st. It kicks off Heart Month, and we want to talk about Go Red for Women, which is one of the programs um, through the American Heart Association. We've been speaking with guests that have had firsthand experience with heart disease or with heart um uh, issues in some way. We had uh, Crystal and Nicole Brodnax on um, talking about Crystal's experience being born with a birth defect, with a heart birth defect or a congenital heart birth defect, right? Is that, did I say that right, Liam? Yeah. Okay, all right. And then um, also Patricia Washington Gordon, who has shared her experience as well. And we're going to continue the conversation. I'd like to invite in two of uh, additional guests um, Laura Satrin. Did I say it right, Laura? You did. Yes, you did. all right. Laura, tell us about your experience, and then we'll bring in Mary Spells as the expert as well. Um, and <laughs> Mary is a, a nurse practitioner at Sutter Medical Center in Sacramento. Laura is um, first started uh, suffering from heart episodes in her early 40s, so we'll have Laura talk about her experience. So, Laura, tell us about your experience. Okay, well, like you just mentioned, my heart symptoms started at age 40, um, and they didn't come in quietly. Uh, when it did hit, it hit really hard. Um, so I started having what I coined heart um, episodes, and they were intense. In total, I probably had about 30 over the period of three or four months. And I've often been asked what they felt like. And it felt like somebody's hand, my heart was in someone's hand and they were squeezing. And it literally felt as though no blood was getting to my heart, although I really didn't know, but that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. So they were intense enough that there were times I would fall to my knees, um, but I would get back up and be fine. And so because of that, I really didn't um, act accordingly. I really didn't. I did make appointments with a cardiologist, but that's a process. You know, getting in is two weeks, then getting some testing is another few weeks. And it was when my uh, close friend and family saw this first episode that they all realized this is this is serious business. Mm-hmm. Um, so through a series of tests, I was told that I needed to have bypass surgery immediately. So it was triple bypass surgery. Oh, my goodness. And it was my left main artery was the biggest problem. And that had an 80% blockage. And I was told in the hospital that the difference between what I was experiencing and death was between one and three seconds. And that every one of those episodes, as I called them, uh, should have been a 911 call. Mm. But again, I kind of got comfortable with them. I knew that there was a problem, but I also knew or was of the belief that after those few seconds, I would be okay. Yeah. And um, when I was in the hospital, they also informed me that was called the widow maker, which was a real, um, mm. it was painful to hear those words, you know, yeah. I could have left a widow. Um, so I had triple bypass surgery, was in the hospital for, I think, seven, seven-ish days. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I started recovery through rehab. I will say that the mental recovery was as hard as the physical. And I had read that, um, but wasn't sure if I believed that or not. But it was it was a tough recovery. 
for sure. So each one of those episodes would bring you to your knees and you knew that in a matter of a few seconds it'd be over and you'd be okay because you had experienced them before. I'd actually even convinced myself that I could control them, which Mm. today sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I knew when they would occur. If I had a little bit of hustle, if I, Mm. I can think of one time I almost missed the trash pickup. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed my trash can knowing what would happen. Right. But also knowing how important it was, I got my trash can out there, which is so ridiculous, obviously, now. Um, But when I would have that type of a little bit more speed, oftentimes when I would feel stress Mm -hmm. and was sort of frantically moving about, that's when these episodes would occur. How about the the very first one you had? What What was going through your mind? That I was having a heart attack. So you thought it was a heart attack. The first time I did, and I, I, I was... My daughter was in kindergarten, and I was working as an intervention um, teacher. And the two of us were hustling across the parking lot because she was about to be late. And I felt it and pretended to drop my purse because mm. I knew I was going to be on the ground. But I'm also in front of an elementary school. Yeah. And, I, and if you know me, I don't like attention. Yeah. So I dropped my purse uh, as sort of a way to camouflage that I needed to be on my knees. Mm. And then, and, and and panic. I was panicking that this was happening on a campus in front of yeah. my daughter. Yeah. This is terrible. And then it went away. So I stood up and went about my day. Um, of course, I came home and talked about it. We did some Google researching. You know, it could have been anything from this to this. Right. And so the process started with getting a cardiologist. But like I said, the first appointment was two weeks. Yeah. And at my first appointment, I was told um, to eat more oatmeal, to avoid spicy foods, you know, very basic things, which sort of in my mind said, this isn't a big deal, Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Slow it down, you know. Um so, like I said, it was about a three-ish month process from the first symptom, which came in really strong, mm-hmm. to the open heart surgery. So what changes have you made since you've had your surgery? How's your life been different? It's been very different. Um, I'd say, in honesty, the biggest change is wrapping my mind around the mental health as well as the physical health. For me, stress is uh, crushing, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of tools to manage it. And and when you're stressed, of course, it takes a toll on your body, but then you're also not making good choices Mm -hmm. in terms of your eating, possibly drinking, your sleeping, the things that you do. So for me, the biggest change has really been learning to manage and work with my stress and I'm not always great yeah. at that, but that is always on my mind. And that makes me, that forces me into making better physical choices. Did they, when they told you that you needed the bypass, was a lot of that attributed to lifestyle or was it more hereditary? So I'm really glad that you asked that. And I'm asked that often. And I think I'm asked that because people want to hear my answer Mm -hmm. and then think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. So cool. You know, I don't have the family tree that looks like that. That's not going to happen to me. My Mm cholesterol is fine. That's not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So in truth, it happened to me because it happens to one in three women. Right. I'm not special. I'm not unique. I'm one in three women. And that's also my way of saying there are no concrete answers. I don't have a large family tree, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of contributing factors. Um, it's a lot of contributing factors. Wow. Wow. That that your story just really 
is very eye-opening in that not a lot of history, a lot of not a lot of known history of family heart disease, going about your life fairly healthy, um, doing your thing, and then here's this thing out of the blue. Not not you know completely out of the blue. Yeah, completely yeah. out of the blue. And it was completely blue. out of the blue. And I, and and I'll be honest, I had a certain image in my mind of a person that had heart issues mm-hmm. or heart disease, and mm-hmm. it wasn't me. Yeah, like I didn't check any of those boxes. Yeah, and I definitely wasn't aware that more women die of heart disease than all cancers combined. I'd never heard anything like that. Yeah, and so there was a lot of it feels like this. But that's not possible because I'm not that person. I'm not the person that gets this. Right. But one in three, yes, you are. You know, so that was kind of that's that's the answer. And I know everybody wants me to say one thing and they can move on. But I don't have one thing. I have a lot of best answer because we don't know. And that means we all need to be proactive about our health. It's that simple. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So you are out here educating women about heart disease. Um, Why is that important to you? It's important to me because, A, I am an educator. So educating and informing is the platform in which I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. And in all honesty, I'm not comfortable saying heart patient Mm -hmm. or even heart survivor. And so this platform really helps me with that process. So Mm -hmm. that's the selfish part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part of it is educating women that these are the numbers. These are the statistics. I am an informed and educated person. And when I was on my knees, Mm. I didn't think I was having a heart attack. Mm. That couldn't be me. And so that's why it's important to me. I have some selfish reasons, some global reasons, sure. all of which are my reasons. Well, I certainly why. am glad that you're here and you have gone through this. Not that you're gone, you've gone right. through this, but made it that you've this. made it through to the other side to be able to educate women because I'm just, I'm sorry if I'm just overly like intrigued, but it really is that simple is that heart disease affects women in larger numbers. And we're usually the last to either get checked out or even to think that it's serious enough for us Mm -hmm. to get checked out. And look what happened with Laura. She finally was able to get checked out and she ended up having to have triple bypass. And I didn't, I didn't seek out this platform either you know i wasn't thinking oh i've had a heart attack i've had surgery now i'm gonna talk about it i mean quite the opposite but just these series of things fell in my lap in Mm -hmm. terms of i had an amazing experience at the Sutter hospital Mm -hmm. so i wrote a review and then they published that and then the heart association reached out so it's just these steps that Mm -hmm. said to me you're supposed to do this. You're, you survived because you're supposed to do this. Right. And you said earlier, and then we talked off air when I when we met, that you're an educator. So it's like in your blood. So this is just another thing to educate people uh, on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you for being here and for <laughs> sharing, welcome. being willing to share your story with us. Miss Mary Spells. Yes, ma'am. Spellis. Hi. Spellis. 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 Okay, Spellis. Lots of people mispronounce it. Okay, That's all right. good. I'm glad I'm not alone then. <laughs> Spellis. Mary Spellis. Tell us about what you do, because you do the work. Well, I'm, um, just to clarify, I'm not a nurse practitioner. I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. Oh, okay. And I'm a clinical educator in okay. Sutter, Sacramento. Okay. Um, so I am not currently a bedside nurse, um, not in there taking care of patients every day, but I work on a cardiac unit. Um, as their educator, staff developer, make sure they know what they need to know to take care of 
of patients. Okay. Uh, so, so you're in there giving them that education that they need, which is so important. Are these people that have already gone through something? Uh, are you doing some preventative work? What does that look I like? I mostly educate the nurses and the nursing staff. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I uh, do participate in educating patients. Um, in various situations, if they have a heart monitor that they're going home on, something like that, then I will help the nurses teach the patients how to use that monitor. Okay, and how long have you been doing that particular part of your... your... 16 years. Yeah? Yeah, it's a, the best part of uh, nursing that I've experienced. Yeah, is being able to teach other people how to, t- how to care for people. And I, I see Patricia nodding her head. Because I, yeah. I would imagine once you're a nurse, like that thing is just in just you. To, yeah, it's just what you do. Yeah. So educating uh, health care providers in order to provide the best care That's right. for I hope their so. patients. Yes. <laughs> That's right? my goal anyway. What? So what, let's educate the family. We talked a lot about uh, people's different experiences. Let's talk about some of the symptoms and we often know that our symptoms two things symptoms for women look very different than symptoms for men and secondly sometimes we may not even have a lot of symptoms that that's right even though chest pain is or discomfort is still the number one symptom for men and women mm-hmm. women often experience different types of symptoms um, you you can still have the neck and jaw pain and arm pain just just like men but frequently women will um, mostly have these kind of secondary symptoms like just shortness of breath or fatigue and fatigue is kind of a normal thing for women as Patricia had mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. we have all these families to take care of and uh, things to do we're all working now and so we kind of ignore uh, those symptoms that we're having because yeah. they just seem like normal things yeah. or we'll you know it's going to go away in a few minutes like Laura was saying right. I can handle this or we'll explain it away that's right, right. we'll explain oh, it away tired. it's it, it'll it's going to go away I'll be I'll be fine it's I'm not dying so I'm not going to pay attention to it right, right. now right you know so right that, I mean that's what women do I think for the most part I want to go back to the fatigue part for a minute mm-hmm what does that look like if we're having a, a an instance of some kind of cardiovascular issue? Does that fatigue look different than the fatigue of me just caring for my family? And you it know. can it can be a very sudden type of a fatigue that comes on, but we do still explain it away. You yeah, know, I didn't get enough sleep last night, or um, stress is just getting to me, kind of thing. Um, it can come on slowly, or it can come on suddenly. So there's just so many uh, ways that we can just explain it away. Yeah. The, I think the main lesson that we can take from this is to know our bodies. For sure. To know if I'm just not getting rest what it feels like versus I feel tired, but I'm not sure why. I've gotten my sleep. I've done X, Y, and Z. And really checking in with yourself mm-hmm. to know your body. No one knows your body like you. Not even your doctor that you may have seen for 30 years. No one knows your body like you. And so being able to know what things are happening, when they're happening, kind of paying attention to those triggers and things like that. Those are super important. They sure are. Pay attention and take action. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing is uh, don't make excuses for it. Um, it can't hurt to go get it checked out yeah. you know, before it, it gets too severe that you might not be able to manage it. Yeah. Now, we did talk about earlier her- hereditary issues, but what are some other fat risk factors 
that may affect us. Mm-hmm. Sure, there the things that we can affect, like you mentioned, hereditary or um, our race or ethnicity or our age, mm-hmm. um, our gender. We can't control those things. Yeah. But there are things um, that we call modifiable risk factors, and the things that we need to pay attention to would be blood pressure. We need to make sure that we're keeping control of of our blood pressure, keeping at a low uh, low enough level. Mm-hmm. Um, smoking is a huge, mm. huge risk factor. Probably the most important thing that you can do is to stop smoking um, if you're a smoker. Um, having, a, having a high blood cholesterol is also a risk factor. And even though numbers are established for what is a normal blood cholesterol, mm-hmm. you really should uh, collaborate with your doctor to find out what numbers do are they accepted you know accepting yeah. um, a, a number of 200 which is generally pretty good might be too high for you so they would take in your whole picture look at your you know your overall health and decide what is the right cholesterol for you okay um, m- might need to be lower than what the average, what the average normal is. cholesterol oh, is that's a really good point too and that not always going by the charts or whatever it is but knowing again that goes back to knowing your body though knowing what's right, right for you and the other risk factors that you have along with high cholesterol mm-hmm. that might mean you need to get your cholesterol down even lower yeah it's it may be too high for you i've yeah. heard the nurse practitioners at um, the hospital where i work say you know i've asked them well but their cholesterol is just fine mm-hmm. but they said it's too high for them for them because obviously because they had an event yeah they had they had to have bypass surgery or whatever so Hmm. so you can hear the numbers and think that you're all right Mm -hmm. but you might not be based on the rest of your health picture yeah so so you know collaborate with your your health care provider your nurse practitioner or your doctor whoever you are seeing yeah um definitely the lack of regular activity is a, a risk factor being, which can lead to overweight, obesity. That's mm-hmm. going to put you at more of a risk of heart disease and stroke, by the way. Even mm-hmm. though this is heart month, all yeah. of these things go to um, high risk for stroke as well. So yeah. we need to keep that in mind. Yeah. And also diabetes. So if your blood sugar is too high, um, get it down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very... Um, serious risk factor for heart disease and stroke. I'm so glad you said that because I don't think people take that into consideration. Um, There are so many people that I have met and experienced that have had heart issues due to diabetes. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, my son's father passed away because he was a diabetic, not caring for himself had a heart attack. So I don't think people connect some of the issues that we have that relate to other things, right? That's right. That's right. You, you don't feel like my blood sugar relates to how my heart works. Right. You know, but, but it does. And mm-hmm. it affects your vessels. Having diabetes affects all of your blood vessels and can cause kidney failure and a whole host of other health problems. So, so really these risk factors are the main health factors that we need to pay attention to for most, you know, a lot of disease prevention. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much physical exercise or activity? I know it depends on the person. And we say we try we say try to stay away from the charts, but roughly how much physical activity? Because you hear some people say 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Like, what do you what to mm-hmm. keep our hearts healthy? How how to, how can we get there? Yeah, well, the, the American Heart Association recommends that adult women get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity um, activity or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity a week. Mm -hmm. So 150 minutes moderate a Mm -hmm. week. 
So that can be divided up. You don't have to do it all at right, once. It right. doesn't have to, you know, two and a half hours in one day. Right. <laughs> and actually, it's probably better if you spread it out yeah. throughout the week because it helps to keep you motivated. Yeah. Um, you're not just getting it over with kind of thing. You know, you can um, spread it out and do 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there. Yeah. But uh, 150 minutes of moderate or 75 minutes of really vigorous aerobic activity a week um, is what they feel uh, like will help strengthen your heart and help you to, you know, keep your weight down, mm-hmm. um, keep your stress level down, all of that. So exercise in and physical activity is important, but also what we eat is just as important. For sure. Um, we all have things to work on. If this was TV and not radio, you'd see that I have, <laughs> you know, I need to work on that myself. Right. You know, we will, we stay away we from stay, TV because it adds 10 pounds, yeah. right? <laughs> or more. Yeah. Or more. But um, I mean, we hear it all the time. Media everywhere is constantly talking about food, mm-hmm. I mean, which I think makes it a lot harder to really focus on what you should do. Right. Um, but yes, eating healthier, um, you don't need to get into fancy diets and things. Add more vegetables and fruits to your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, avoid sugar as much as you can. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you can't have a piece of birthday cake, you know, on a special occasion or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, try to avoid sugary foods on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it that hasn't changed really over time. Mm-hmm. It, they're healthy eating habits. Um, reducing sodium or salt. Uh, you yeah. know, your labels will say sodium, but that's salt. And reducing that can help also reduce your blood pressure, um, keeps you from retaining fluids mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of thing. So it's really the fruits and vegetables, um, avoiding sugar and uh, lo- reducing your sodium yeah. are the I, most important things. I'm going to throw in also cooking fresher too, because that helps us with our sodium. When we mm-hmm. get a lot of prepackaged stuff, I don't think people realize how much it's sodium so is sure. in stuff that are on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest... Uh, things that I've learned over time is that uh, people don't really know how to read food labels Mm -hmm. and they don't uh, many people don't understand that sodium is salt Mm -hmm. that's uh, you know a health literacy type of an issue that um, health professionals understand or if you're you understand those um, those terminologies but the average person doesn't necessarily know what all of those elements are on food labels Mm -hmm. so paying attention to the sodium on that and typically about less than 140 milligrams per serving is considered low sodium okay and most canned foods and prepared foods have Mm -hmm. way more than that yeah you know those quick meals that you can get that are easy and quick because we're all busy Mm -hmm. um they contain a lot of sodium and a lot of carbohydrates you know they're just not always very balanced yeah and you know the other thing this just popped into my head well one thing i was um part of a research study at uc davis uh look for food labels and how they were trying to see how people understood them Mm -hmm. and that was such an eye-opening experience because um a lot of times when we look at a food label we'll see the uh sodium and all those different things but those are per serving and i think and you know most things aren't just one serving, right? They're <laughs> usually right. two or like a bag of chips is like two, two and a half servings, servings, right? <laughs> so we sometimes don't pay attention to the fact that that's it. Oh, it's just 140 milligrams of sodium, but that's for one serving. And if I eat the whole bag of chips or whatever, I need to multiply that by the number of servings. And I think you're, I think you're absolutely right when you talk about reading food labels and being able to know what, how to, to interpret that mm-hmm. is really important in health. 
helping us keep that those things down. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And this is such a wonderful conversation. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. This is Full Circle. We are dedicating this show to Heart Month. Well, this is Heart Month. February 1st is Heart Month. And we are dedicating the show to talking about women and heart disease. We will be right back with more conversation with my guests. It's Full Circle. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. Yes, it is Full Circle. Thank you so much for staying with the program. I am having a wonderful conversation with my guests and making sure, remember the whole premise of Full Circle is to give you the information that you need so you can make an informed decision for your life. And this is a very, very important topic that we're talking about today. We're talking about the Go Red for Women program through the American Heart Association, but we're talking about women and heart disease. Did you know that women are affected by heart disease and die from heart disease more than any other, was it any other cancer? All forms of cancer. All forms of cancer. That's big, ladies. We have to start putting ourselves on the front burner, taking care of ourselves, knowing our body, and making sure that we keep our stress level at a minimum. So we were just talking about the at the break, Dr. Anna called in, friend to the show, Dr. Anna, love me some Dr. Anna. And Dr. Anna, if you if you remember, was part of the Full Circle Overcomer series this past summer where she shared her experience with uh, cardiac arrest. And Dr. Anna was pointing out that too, stress, um, depression, um, and even what they've coined in the, I'm going to say therapy world as broken heart syndrome, where you, it's really distress. The stress of what's going on in your life can be something that also affects your heart. And, um, you know, Laura, you were mentioning that as well as that stress played a big part in your, you know, what's happening with you. Uh, absolutely. And getting back to being aware of your body, I can now tell when my blood pressure is elevated. That isn't anything that I paid attention to before. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm constantly working on through medication, through checking myself. And I'll do that sometimes. When I know that I'm stressed, I will check my blood pressure and think, you've got to be kidding me. It's this high. Mm -hmm. I get way more stressed out than this. And so it's just a sort of opportunity for me to check myself and realize that's one of my struggles. And it's stress. Yeah. And we have to keep that stress down, ladies. And I realize that this is a stressful world and being a caretaker or a mom or a business professional or an entrepreneur or whatever it is that we can face some pretty stressful situations. But the fact is that we need to manage our stress um, so that we can keep ourselves healthy, not just for, well, everything that happens is especially in a stressful situation. We live in a eustress. Our body can't take, content, take that continuous stress. But, you know, sometimes, and I'm going to ask my, my medical professionals here just to chime in on, I know some people say, well, that's how I thrive. I thrive off stress. That's just my thing. Tell, what do you say to that? Either one of you, you can just pull the mic either way. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can say personally that your body cannot sustain yeah. uh, being stressed out all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, stress was part of the reason why I wound up passing out at work mm-hmm. um, and just not just ignoring all of that. You, you, you can't be in a stressful situation. Yeah and expect your body to perform well. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, because that adrenaline that's running through your body keeps your, your body at a... F- 
fight or flight. Yeah. You're in that fight or flight mode. And as Laura pointed out earlier, you know, when you're stressed out, your decision-making process just goes flat out the door. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't think straight. Yeah. You don't eat right. Um, for me, when I'm stressed out, I don't, food wasn't a comfort for me, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't eat the right things. I yeah. would sit down and eat popcorn. Mm-hmm. Instead of eating something healthier, you yeah, know, or yeah. I would, I'm a crunchy person. I like crunchy stuff. Yeah. Um, I would just put my hand in the bag and yeah. just get the crunching. Yeah. And that's what you do. You know, not good decision making. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, you know, part of that is due to stress and not being able to um, navigate your yourself through that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump over to the, I want to remind you, family. The Go Red event is happening this Friday coming up. I'm excited about it. I'm excited because, again, this is something uh, that is uh, important to me. It's important. I have met and known women that have been affected by heart disease. A couple of women I know I have known that have died um, suddenly due to heart disease. Um, A lot of times it was unknowingly. um, And so... We have to make sure that we keep ourselves healthy for ourselves, for our families, and for our community. So I want to make sure to remind you again about the Go Red event. And I want Liam to chime in and tell us what we can expect. But I want to remind you before he comes on about the National Red Day, Wear Red Day event, uh, Friday, February 7th at Arden Fair Mall, 1130 to 1.30 p.m. Uh, what can we expect, Liam, at the event on Friday? Well, we're really trying to promote awareness for heart disease. So at the event, um, we're fortunate enough that Sutter Heart and Vascular Institute um, is sponsoring the event. So they will have nurses there doing blood pressure checks and health screenings and providing literature just to educate people on risks and symptoms and signs. Um, And then we're trying to provide resources for people to be healthier. So we're going to be doing a yoga demonstration. Um, to where people can learn ways to manage stress. Um, we're going to do a cooking demonstration um, where people can learn recipes on healthy um, meals they can prepare. Um, and then we are going to be celebrating people locally who are heart disease and stroke survivors. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be having a fashion show um, where they can show showcase uh, their outfits and um, you know we'll celebrate all that they've achieved through their recovery. Yes, so this is happening in the middle part of them. Where can we find the event? Right in the center of Arden Fair Mall. Um, I believe it's right in front of Nordstrom. Yeah, where Santa normally is, family. You know that. (laughs) Where Santa normally is. It's going to be a wonderful event. The event is absolutely free. Make sure you come on out and uh, watch the fashion show. We've got uh, Crystal is going to be one of the lovely models there, and other heart and stroke survivors are going to be there as well. And you can get a lot of good information uh, and do some screenings as well. Tell me about the partnership you've got with Sutter uh, Sutter Health. Well, Sutter Health really likes to focus on the community. Um, and again, like most people don't realize, heart health with women um, is a huge thing. And um, so they're trying to educate people here locally mm-hmm. on um, the, these risks. So not only do they support us with Wear Red Day, but they also support us in May. We have our Go Red for Women luncheon. Um, So they're part of that, and um, they provide medical professionals to come speak um, to the people in attendance and educate them on the risks and um, really just try to raise awareness 
um, and um, raise money for funding okay. um, to support research. Okay. And then also in support of the community, you have the Heart Walk that happens yeah. in September. Yeah, that's our other huge event that we do here in Sacramento. And, um, you know, really in that case, we're really trying to pr- promote a healthy lifestyle. So we're really talking about getting exercise, eating healthy, and we're really trying to raise awareness um, around those aspects, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily just focusing on women only, just, yeah. you know, everybody. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, it's usually always at the end of September and, um, we have a route through William Land Park. Um, and it's a really fun day. Um, I mean, usually sometimes it's a little cold and chilly, but you know, it's great. You get your heart pumping by walking yeah. all together and there's bands out along the route, um, dancers. So, we we keep it fun and um, it's a great way to get some exercise. Okay, okay. And then, are there any other uh, large scale events that the association does outside of those mm-hmm. two? Uh, yeah, we do um, also um, a big um, auction dinner um, called the Heartball. Um, this year, it's going to be on in June, early mm-hmm. June, mm-hmm. and we are fortunate enough that the Kings have uh, allowed us to use Golden One nice. Arena. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be there. Um, it'll be the third straight year the Kings are hosting it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is a great night. Yeah. All of this to bring awareness to heart disease and stroke, mm-hmm. right, um, for the community. So, again, if you want to just get information about the American Heart Association, I'm sure you're always looking for volunteers. Absolutely. So if you want to volunteer or if you want to participate in any of the events, visit their website, heart.org. You can put in your zip code and mm-hmm. get the information for the local chapter. Yes. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to add for Wear Red Day you know, I realize a lot of people work, so mm-hmm. Friday afternoon might not work for them. But you you can do something as little as just wear red that day, yeah. and maybe you know snap that selfie and put it on Instagram or Facebook, and you know just maybe someone will see it and think, oh, I should go get checked out um, for my heart health. Um, yeah. You know, just creating that awareness and sharing that with your peers is huge. Yeah, I love that idea, Liam. I'm yeah. gonna do that. I'm going to do that. Well, you know, I have my red dress pin. I do want to take a picture today of me of my red dress pin. I usually try to wear it the whole month of February, although, you know, heart health is a lifelong thing. But I do try to support in February, so I'm going to be wearing my red dress pin. If you want one of these beautiful red dress pins, you can come to the luncheon. I'm sorry, not the luncheon, the Wear Red Day on uh, Friday uh, from 11.30 to 1.30 at Arden Fair Mall. Again, there's going to be a fashion show featuring local survivors, uh, health screenings, a cooking demo, hands-only CPR training, a yoga demo, and so much more. Make sure you come out and support. Show your support again. If you want more information about the American Heart Association and what uh, kind of resources there may may be out there, information about uh, uh, research that's happening and the latest news on what's happening in the field of cardiac care and research, make sure you visit their website at heart.org. You can put in your zip code and get information for the local chapter, volunteer, um, spread the word, take your selfie on Friday, right? National Wear Red Day and spread it out to your friends and let them know to get themselves checked. It's all about knowing your body, 
knowing what is right for you. You know, as Mary stated earlier, sometimes we, you know, so try so hard to fall within the charts that that might not be the best thing for us. So your cholesterol and things like that, building that relationship and communicating with your doctor is important. Um, like Patricia said earlier, telling, being truthful about your family history and your history in general, because that's the only thing that may save your life is if you're telling your doctor, yes, I do this, you know, and they can help you to start to change that attitude or that shift, make that shift in the way you eat, exercise or whatever. But it's so important for us to make sure that we're putting ourselves women on the front burner, taking care of ourselves, making sure we make time for self-care. And self-care is not always a massage. It can be reading. <laughs> it could be running. It can be taking a quiet bath or time for yourself. It could be doing the things that you love to do and even up to saying no to things that don't serve you. So that let me just get off my soapbox, but it's really important for us to make sure that we as women are caring for ourselves. We're usually we're you know we're the nurturers, we're the 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 the, the taxi, we're the cook and the clean and all that kind of stuff. But we got to make sure at the end of the day that we are taking care and looking out for ourselves. So. Ladies, that is my appeal to you today to make sure that you are taking care of yourselves and making sure that you are checking in, especially with your heart. If you feel a symptom, then get it checked out. And if that doctor tells you to eat oatmeal or do something else and you feel that that's not right, get a second opinion or you continue to press your doctors until you get what you need to make sure that you are checked out. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll have some closing comments from our guests. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. And we're back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. I want to thank my guest, Patricia Washington Gordon, Liam Connolly, Crystal and Nicole Broadnax, Laura Satrin, and Mary Spellis. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank my guests for being here and having uh, engaging in such wonderful conversation. I'm going to throw it out to the guests to give any last minute words or tips. But before I do, I want to remind you that, again, one more time, the Go Red, the National Wear Red Day is happening Friday, February 7th at Arden Fair Mall, 1130 to 130. Again, there'll be a fashion show featuring local survivors, health screenings, a cooking demo, hands only CPR training, yoga demo and so much more. And Liam just reminded me because um, I have a, a, a really old copy of a uh, American Heart Association cookbook, but I'm glad to hear that there's still the heart. The cookbook is still available. Yes. And you have tons of recipes online, heart healthy recipes and even demonstrations on how to prepare the foods. Yep, and you can even search them by desserts, by dinners, by side dishes. So pretty much, you know, no matter what you're wanting to make, there's probably a recipe for it on our website. All right, so make sure you go to heart.org to get all of that information. So um, final words to the family. Well, if... No one remembers anything I said other than this. Um, heart disease is a very serious issue for both men and women. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what I would like to leave everyone with is just be an advocate for yourself. Don't allow any physician or healthcare professional to tell you there's nothing wrong with you or um, go eat oatmeal <laughs> or um, lose weight. I mean, that's not the cure-all. Listen to your body. Make them listen. Make the healthcare professionals listen to you. Um, and if you can't get your answer from them, as was said earlier, get a second opinion. But don't ignore it. Yeah. Just just don't ignore it. Okay. Thank you, Patricia. All right, Mary? A uh, good friend and colleague of mine at the hospital suggested I share this ancient wisdom with okay. everyone. Mm -hmm. It comes from a very popular book that's been translated into almost every language um, in the world. It's guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. That's a, that's the best book out yeah, there. Best book, <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much. And and how about you, Laura? I'm going to say listen to your body. You know, and it and in order to listen to your body, you have to know your body. I know the weight that works for me. I know the stress that I can handle. Um, and so listening to your body after you know your body and then I'll repeat it be an advocate for yourself and your health nobody knows your body like you um, I knew oatmeal wasn't going to fix my fall to my knees situation mm -hmm. and so I had to press forward in order to get the appointments I needed and the tests that I needed so yeah. listen know your body listen to your body and advocate for yourself and we're so glad you did because uh, just hearing your story really is very touching thank you so much for being here um, thank you all again Liam had a great idea Show up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media in your red and hashtag uh, go red sack in your uh, post so we can see what you're doing out there. Remember, National Go National Wear Red Day is Friday, um, uh, February 7th. Again, there's an event happening, Arden Fair Mall, 1130 to 130. I have to give a shout out to Hertha, Pat Moore, the stylist at Macy's, my favorite stylist in the world. And she actually helped me find a really beautiful red top. So I will be wearing that to the event on Friday. And this is a total coincidence. Um, but it's happening Friday, 1130 to 1:30 at Arden Fair Mall. Again, it's right in the middle there in front of Nordstrom. Uh, it's a fashion show featuring local survivors, health screenings, cooking demo, hands-only CPR training, and yoga demo. Again, if you want information about the American Heart Association, visit their website, heart.org. If you missed or if you missed the episode where you're listening, so you can't miss it. But if your family member or friends have missed this episode, remember, episodes of Full Circle uh, upload every Tuesday to your favorite podcasting platform. So that's Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, and the like. Uh, every Tuesday, if you subscribe to the show on uh, the podcasting platform, you won't miss an episode. Again, if you have show topics or ideas, make sure you email me at fullcircle975 at gmail.com or hit me up and follow the show on social media at fullcircle975. That's how we're doing it family show love to everyone you meet we're out of here have a wonderful day and remember to take care of yourself be your own advocate and know your body it's full circle we'll see you next week this has been full circle follow our facebook page at full circle 97.5